It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. So far on Friday night. Woo-hoo! And for many people, it's a three day weekend because um, on Monday, many uh, places are off to honor the uh, the memory of Martin Luther King. Um, I am so delighted to be here at my desk with Sam Bellino behind the turntables and the mixes. What's up, Sam Bellino? Good evening, Arthur. How are we doing on this Friday? We got a great show. We got Dershowitz on. He, he's on fire. He's going to go crazy with us. He's tonight. got a lot to say, I'm sure. Yep, and I know you got a, cr- a couple of creative things going on. Uh, before I, I move on to the great and one and only and spectacular and fantastic and the best <laughs> ever, Joni Pelzer, I do want to remind everyone that, or I, I shouldn't say remind, tell everyone two things. Uh, tomorrow, um, normally Imran Ansari does a show on our sister station called The Legal Lowdown with Imran Ansari on, on 570 The Mission. WMCA, mm-hmm. but Imran's been a little under the weather, so we're going to run the whole Melissa DeRosa uh, interview again, so I, I know a lot of people said that they enjoyed that, so if you're doing some chores around the house tomorrow, you could go check that out on 570 at noon, high noon, and then tomorrow night, back here on 970, the answer, uh, Sam Bellino made me a very special, uh, and I haven't heard a, a second of it. Two hour is it two hours, Sambalina? It's one hour. It's one hour. A one hour best of the Idala Power Hour two year anniversary um, special. Thank you, uh, Jerry Crowley, for uh, finding an hour for us, and thank you, Sambalino, for editing down two years into an hour. It's going to be you. good. Oh, well, if you may say so yourself, since you created it. <laughs> um, but without further ado, let's introduce Joan Pelzer. I'm waiting. No, they already played your song. Yeah, she but I want it again. Don't I get it twice? I want the I want the one that's like special. heard that in a while so there's a lot uh, there's a lot going on in the news there's a lot going on in the world we're going to keep it a little light um well Dershowitz and I, I I'm, I'm sure we'll have a very excellent discussion he's going to come up at the bottom of the hour um I'm going to dinner immediately after the show I'm going to um Fresco by Scotto Rosanna Scotto's place and I'm going to dinner with Governor Andrew Cuomo and I think, you know, it's interesting because I already had this on my mind, but um, Padre Lou handed me a libation. And, you know, those of you who have never tried a Negroni, um, this is your opportunity. Now, you may not have the ingredients in your house, but they five years ago, maybe people have heard of it. Ten years ago, nobody knew what a Negroni was, except maybe Judge Mike Pesci and my dad. Um, it's gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. Now, everybody has their own little twist and turn on that. Um, people who want a little bit more of an alcohol, they put a little more gin in it. People who want a little sweeter, they put a little more vermouth in it. I like it a little more bitter. So what I do is I just dial back the sweet vermouth and I dial up the Campari a little bit. So I put, I, the Idala, Arthur Idala version is I go one ounce of gin, one ounce and like, a half of Campari, and then like just a half an ounce of sweet vermouth. Now, Padre is saying add another ounce of slow gin. Now, I have no problem telling you, I don't exactly know what slow gin is. It's S-L-O-E. I think it's gin that has like a little less alcohol in it and has a little bit of a different taste. I will tell you, so you just take those three or in this this libation, you add the slow gin as well, so you got two kinds of gin. But I think, think slow gin has. Joan's going to tell me in a minute. Yes, I think it just has less alcohol. The main ingredient of slow 
slow S-L-O-E gin is a slow berry, and gin is derived from a juniper berry. So they're two different berries. Slow gin can any, have is, a lower alcohol content. Oh, it yes. Does. Okay. That's gin I, is less sweet than slow gin, so slow gin's a little sweeter. Ah, so therefore I would add more Campari. It's funny because there's a, a bar called Juniper because of the gin. Ah, specialize in gin. And last night when I was up, um, uh, I, when I went to Albany yesterday, um, I'm going to talk to you about that in one second. Uh, at the bar I was at, which was called the War Room, and by uh, owned by our friend and frequent guest Todd Shapiro, um, he said the bartender said gin is definitely making a big comeback. You know, back I think in the in the 40s and the 50s and even in the 60s, it was gin, 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 and then like the 80s with absolute vodka and that campaign. And vodka in the 80s and 90s, and it was all vodka, vodka, vodka. Oh, Jones, chiming in. Here we go. I'm chiming in again because I know a lot about gin, and I'll tell you why. I met someone who makes their own gin, a woman. She created it, and she said gin was originally created with a multitude of botanicals, and it was geared towards women. But then it changed its flavor through the years. It's actually supposed to be more flavorful than well, it became. That's so why I like that's what's well, interesting. Take away- Gin has a very legitimate taste. In other words, it's a, a, a taste that you would know. It's something that, like, look, if you pour vodka in a glass, like my buddy Mike Weiss, oh, he'll only drink this kind of vodka or that kind of vodka. May, you know, maybe he could tell the difference. I have no problem telling you I do not have a sophisticated enough palate to tell you the difference between Tito's or Absolute or, uh, I don't know, uh, Murano drinks that Stoli Elite, which is quite expensive. Maybe that there's a difference there, but um, I can tell you the difference, I think, between Beefeater and Tanqueray and maybe Hendrix um, because they have they do have different flavors to them, different tastes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, well, all I was going to tell you is, you know, go make yourself a drink. Do the Campari Gin Sweet Vermouth thing. That's a... That's a, uh, a um, that's a Negroni, and that's probably what I'm going to have when I'm sitting with Governor Cuomo in a little while. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you about, oh, and I want to congratulate. So I went to Albany yesterday to prep for the Harvey Weinstein argument. And um, after the argument, I went to uh, Todd Shapiro's place called The War Room. And he Todd happened to be there, and he was doing a photo shoot there for the New York Times. And I saw the photo shoot happen, and then Todd and I had dinner together. He treated me to dinner. There was excellent sushi. His chef, Sasso, was there. Um, it's a very cool place, loaded with memorabilia. It is really the rock and roll place of, it's like the hard, I think this is how they described it in the paper, in the, the Times today. It's like the Hard Rock Cafe has all the memorabilia of rock and roll stars. This is like the Hard Rock Cafe for politicians in Albany, and it's great. And today, the New York Times ran a huge article about it. Um, and the picture that I actually saw them take of Todd Shapiro is, is in that, is in the New York Times story. So congratulations to Todd Shapiro. And our friends at Gotham, David and all of David, Denny, Corey and Shy, when they were up there, they were there this week. They went to they, the war and they go there every time. Yeah. They had, they had a He big, also has a cigar bar too. They had huge, yes, the one Todd's. Cigar room yeah. is right next yes. door. It's it's very very cool. I was Sushi's very happy about it. Supposed to be unbelievable. And um, so I went to the court of appeals yesterday because that's where I'll be on Valentine's Day. And I I've been there before, but years and years ago. And I wanted to just make sure the first time I asked for where's the bathroom or where's the coat room wasn't on the day of the argument. So I was there. I watched four arguments, one civil argument, three criminal arguments. When it was over, I kind of just walked around the courtroom, make sure I felt comfortable, make sure I felt like, okay, you know, we're good with this. It's Look, it's a big case that I'm going to be arguing. I'm going to be prepping very hard for it. I'm going to be prepping for it tomorrow uh, in my office in Brooklyn uh, and Sunday and Monday. Um I'm taking this one pretty serious. I mean, I take all my cases pretty seriously, but this one especially. So happy birthday to Howard Stern. He's 70 years old today. That is amazing. When I was listening to him in high school, he wasn't even 40. Um, Oliver Platt is 63 years old. And I think when we come back from and um, when we come back from commercial, um, we're going to hear a little audio and wish us very special happy birthday to someone who um, I did get to meet once. Um, he's no longer with us, but uh, I'll tell you whose birthday it is when we come back from uh, listening to the Talking Heads. We'll be right back. This is not my beautiful house. 
Joe Piscopo, the following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Tina Zeka, Allergy and Asthma Associates of Monmouth County, with this week's medical minute. Primary immunodeficiency is a group of disorders that's characterized by deficiency in various components that are important in preventing infections in both children and adults. Patients usually present with recurrent infections. The prevalence of primary immunodeficiency is usually one patient in every 1,200 individuals. The overall incidence is around 1 in 10,000 and more prevalent in the pediatric population. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law has gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-815-2554 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-815-2554. That's 800-815-2554. What do you have to lose? Call 800-815-2554. Again, 800-815-2554. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Here comes the decision. Call. Johnny Addy. Referee, Arthur McCanty, scores it 8-6. One even for Frazier. One vote for Joe Frazier. Addy Idala, 9-6 for Frazier. Frazier is the winner. Frazier is the winner. Correct. 11 rounds for Frazier. Four rallies. 
Association and Sting will defeat champion of the world, Kevin Frazier. Joe Frazier. For the first time in his career, Muhammad Ali was beaten. Today would have been Joe Frazier's 80th birthday. It would have been 8-0. He died on November the 7th, 2011, at the age of 67 years old. Joe Frazier was nicknamed Smokin' Joe, and he was definitely known as one of the great heavyweight champions of all time. Uh, I believe Muhammad Ali described him as the toughest guy. I know he described George Foreman as the strongest guy. And um, to me, it means such a big, uh, such a big deal for me. Uh, I don't know if you heard that, and I didn't highlight it. But the second Johnny Addy, the ring announcer, he said Judge Artie Idala has it. Uh, I think it was nine six one. Is that add up to fifteen? Uh, no, nine five one. Um, so um, sixteen. Yeah, I need I need to get to fifteen. So <laughs> maybe it was nine five one. Um, that was my grandfather judged that fight. I'm actually looking in my office at a newspaper clipping of that fight and the, the hat that my grandfather wore that night of the fight. Um, the um, nine six was it just nine six? Okay. Uh, oh maybe oh maybe um, maybe the uh, Arthur McCanty had it eight five one. Um, but I met Joe Frazier and um, one time and I introduced myself and. Uh, he was very, you know, he was funny guy, and uh, he said, yeah, your grandfather must have been wearing sunglasses watching that fight. He goes, I won every round. It should have been 15 nothing, something like that. So my grandfather was 951. Nine, nine, oh, I knew I knew there was a one involved. Um, Nine six. Bill Recht had winner as 11-4, and Associated Press had it as 951. Okay, but my grandfather had it at what show? Nine six. Okay, so what I said, I knew that there was nine yep, five one. In but this. the overall was then nine. I could play the clip again if you like. Uh, no, it, it's okay. Um, I don't know boxing. The way uh, you okay, Joan. You know <laughs> when Joan is here, you know, it's all good. Um, Joan wanted me to bring to um, everyone's attention, as did actually Council Member Justin Brannon. Um, the weed shops are everywhere. I mean, it's Friday night. I'm talking about going out and going drinking. Um, but that's, you know, that's legal. Uh, there's, I think there's one legal place and there's 30 stores around it that are illegal. Um, and all selling weed and, you know, these poor people who, I don't want to say poor people, but the people who applied for things and did things the right way, um, they set up their stores in a way that they thought they were going to have all of this business. And so they set it up for, like, to handle a lot of human beings being in the store. And that has definitely just not been the case. Uh, they're not really saying they're losing money, but they're definitely not making the money that they should have. There's a... um a map that they showed me where like the one legal place is on Delancey Street and Allen Street, right off that corner. It's actually Orchard in Delancey. And then there are all of these stores all around them. And uh, um, Justin Brannon, uh, the councilman who represents my um, district, he sent me something today saying, here it comes, um, tell your mom. Gelato was inspected by the Sheriff's Joint Compliance Task Force, resulting in one arrest, um, a whole bunch of violations, $27,000 in civil penalties, and $40,000 in illicit products were seized, and yet they opened the next day. We will keep pushing. I'm going to get Tish on this one now that Big Chief has... Um, so it's, you know, Tish meaning the Attorney General... Um. So I you know I don't know. Joan's upset. I'm I mean, very upset. I'm sorry. I'm very upset. I know we talked about this earlier. Forgot about that. I forgot I'm about sorry. my microphone. Okay. I'm very upset because younger people are going in buying what they think. We talked about this on 420. Buying what they think is good marijuana for certain reasons, and it might not be. It could be tainted. You don't know what you're getting if you're going to a place that's not legal. 
That is a problem. Would uh, uh, you buy uh, Tylenol listen, that's unmarked the, from some stranger? Well, I do buy like the Wal- Walgreens. Yes, but that's Tylenol. different. That's I very know, regulated. Okay. I'm very upset about anyway, this. Anyway, <laughs> the bottom line is they messed this whole thing up. In other words, when they wrote the laws, they should have been like, and if you're, it's it's like the way the how strict the SLA are, the the, the state liquor authority is. They should have had laws written in there, and if you're caught selling illegal marijuana, it will be you know in this huge huge uh, fine, arrest, crime. I don't know. And uh, the first April twentieth show we did with Stephen Kessler, my buddy from high school who's now out in um, the West Coast who makes a living with a retail cannabis store. He said on our show, if you don't have strict enforcement of the gray slash black market, you're in big trouble. He and also he's said right. to regulate the product itself, too. He okay. Before we go, I want to, because um, we got Professor Dershowitz coming on now at the bottom of the hour. I'm very excited to talk to him because he's been all over the place. And between Epstein, between Harvard, between anti-Semitism, there's so much to talk to him about. Um there is, this is in breaking news. I hope Mr. Bitter is listening. There is a new bidet, toilet bidet coming out that is, um, it's connected to either Alexa or Google Home. And you could basically just talk to your toilet. So you could just go in and you could be like, raise the seat. Um, ra- oh no, you could just say raise the lid, but keep the seat down. And then if you have to go like number one, you could say raise the seat and the lid and it all goes up and down. And then if you're sitting on it doing number two, you could say, um, okay, Alexa, give me hot, hot water up the, up the backside or give me, um, and, uh, they have like a, a hair dryer that dries you off down there. Cold water, hot door. I mean, it's, then you could just say clean the bowl and sends out like ionized water. I mean, this is, the way we should all be living uh, in my house in Long Island, in my house in Brooklyn, in the law firm. We got the Toto washlet everywhere. It is much more affordable than you would think. Um, it this is a there is a contraption that sits right on top of your existing toilet bowl, and you will be delighted about it. It feels like you took a shower. In other words, if you think about it, it uh, Carlin George Carlin did this unbelievable skit. If you want to laugh. Just Google George Carlin and germs, and he does this whole this whole thing about germs and how crazy we are, and that there's four places you really need to um, wash. Your, your teeth, under your arms, your butt, and your crotch. And he said, and if you really want to save money, you can wash them all with the same brush. That was one of his punchlines. But it's like a five-minute thing about cleanliness and how insane we've all become. And I discovered it during COVID, and it's... It's very good. But uh, people who do not use a bidet, I don't get it, man. It is life-altering. One of my friends has a portable one that he, he holds in his hand, and he travels with it. I know you guys think I'm nuts, but it's Friday afternoon. I'm allowed to be a little nuts, and it's about cleanliness. And we're about to get serious with Dershowitz. Um, and I actually asked Sam Bellino to give us like the whole rest of the show with Dershowitz. So this is the last time I have to goof off a little bit. Um, so that was big breaking news about the bidet. Um, so <laughs> keep your eyes out for that. And, and if you have the opportunity to get one for yourself, it is so worthwhile, and once you get one, I will tell you, you, you can't you, you you can't live without it. That's the only downside. Um, and um, it will be a big weekend. Besides studying for Weinstein, I have to take down all the Christmas decorations outside. I have candy canes and lollipops, and um, I have a big Christmas tree on my. I have a little terrace outside of our bedroom. I have a Christmas tree out there, all decorated. So I'll spend a couple hours on that. I got to take Padre Lou to the bank, but then I'll be studying, studying, studying. So um, I'm, we're going to come back with Alan Dershowitz, and we're going to tackle as many cop topics as we possibly can. Um, he is so upset about his name being associated with this Epstein thing, and you're going to hear that, I'm sure, because, as you know, we represent him, we represent Harvey Weinstein, we represent Colleen Maxwell, we represent Rudy Giuliani. Of course, Alan is the one we're representing on civil stuff. The other people is criminal uh, criminal stuff. So, um, so we're listening to some old-time rock and roll. It is 628. 
on uh, the end of the first full week of 2024. And look, next week's a short week again. I mean, who really works in America anymore? Everyone's at this, oh, it's a four-day work week. Okay, how about a four-day pay scale? How about that, folks? A four-day pay scale? Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour. We're going to come back with the great Professor Alan Dershowitz. Don't go anywhere. Tonight at 7, it's the Fun Friday edition of Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough and Christine Nicholas. What does that mean? Broadway reviews, restaurants. We'll talk about things going on in the different bids across New York City and have a cocktail recipe or two. That's tonight at 7. This is Sam Molino from the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Heard weeknights at 6 here on AM 970 The Answer. And this week, Arthur celebrated two years on the air with us. And we have put together a special highlight show from those two years. So make sure to tune in tomorrow night at 7 for this special broadcast on AM 970 The Answer. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Fastec Industries helps with all of your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Fastec specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. Fastec is the number one supplier of recycled products, the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials, and the number one provider of roll-off containers. Call Fastec today. Ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. That's 718-494-1600. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C-I-N-D.com for more information. Fastec Industries is now serving Westchester County. Fastec Industries is a DeFazio company. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Kamins at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. It's a new year and time for new resolutions. I'm sure you've already made yours. Going to the gym, spending more time with family, you know how it goes. But is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings for court reporters and not enough reporters to fill them. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z, where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting, and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens, is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. 
There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, an evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898. And you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law has gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. And now... And on a Friday night in New York City, the man who, boy, the last couple of weeks has done it his way more than... uh, most people would have the chutzpah to do, but that's why he is known on any list. Go on Google today, or Yahoo, or wherever you want to go, and Google greatest American attorneys ever, and there's not a list that you will not find our next guest on. The one, the only, the guy who does it his way, Professor Alan Dershowitz. How are you, sir? Well, fine, but you left that one list. I'm on the Jeffrey Epstein list that was just revealed. And people say, oh, my God, you're on the list. You must be guilty. But I'm on the list in a way that totally and completely not only proves my innocence, but explains how I was framed, who I was framed by, and why I was framed. It is such an interesting story. You know, Alan, Alan, I have uh, a very novel idea. You know what I think you should do? I think you should go on a couple of talk shows, radio shows, and TV shows, and maybe write a couple of op-eds, and you should tell people this. Well, I'm trying to do that because I have nothing to hide, unlike others who were terrified to be on the list. But in my case, it's so fascinating because what happened is the woman who accused me um, called, email, we have the emails, it's all in there, emailed her friend who was a journalist named Sharon Churcher, who was a journalist for a tabloid in England, and said to her, this is, this is her saying, I don't remember who I had sex with. Remind me, who, who, who should I put in my book? Who should I name in my book? And Sharon Churcher uh, writes her back and says, well, we know there's no proof that Alan Dershowitz did anything wrong, but you should put him in your book, in your proposal, because he's famous. He represented Klaus von Bülow, and they made a movie about him. And if you put his name in your book proposal, you'll get more money. And then she put me in her book proposal, but as someone she never had sex with, someone who she just saw with Jeffrey Epstein. So we found that out in the release uh, documents that came out. And so I'm one of the few people who is happy to have my name on the list. On the other hand, I'm still canceled. Temple Emanuel won't let me talk about Israel, won't let me talk about Harvard, uh, the largest synagogue in Miami. Beth Am had asked me to speak there about Israel. And then the list came out, and they said, in true McCarthyite fashion, Oh, my God, you're on the list. We have to cancel you. And so they cancel my speech. That's what's going on. I know. I, Alan, I, look, I've seen a lot of these emails. And, and just, you know, anyone who listens to this whole radio station, not just my show, uh, knows that for years, years, uh, you have been 
loudly proclaiming your innocence and the ridiculousness of all of this. Um, and the fact that these people, you know, I mean, they just, they look, Alan, it's all knee-jerk reactions. In other words, if they yeah. read the New York Times in November of uh, 2022, they would have seen the headline yeah. that said, you know, that the, the individual who, who made these accusations initially have said that, um, you know, they she may have made a mistake. And that was yeah. basically yeah. the end of everything. But. Let me ask you a, a little more, more of a fundamental question, Professor Dershowitz. Yeah. What is, I mean, there are so many very important things going on in the world right now, all over the world. Yeah. And you're involved in, in the ones all over the world as well. And yet, yeah. the headlines, you know, you know what we represent, uh, my firm represents Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, our yeah. phone is ringing off the hook from 60 minutes. I mean, prestigious entities and they all want to talk about Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. What is the infatuation with all of this for all of these years? It's amazing. When you think about what's, as you say, going on in the world, what went on October 7th when uh, Jewish women were raped and beheaded and killed in front of their children, sexually assaulted, and the women's movement, almost, almost no one in the mo women's movement has condemned Hamas or seems to care about that. Me too, except if you're a Jew. But if you're Epstein or you're Weinstein, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Uh, the priorities, the comparisons are, are so shocking and so appalling. But, uh, you know, it's got to be. Alan, it must be selling because we now yeah, live yeah. in an age where the they could the New York Post sees how many clicks they get, and so does the Daily Mail and all these places. Yeah. So people must be clicking on these Epstein stories yeah. in a very large way, and uh, that that it's rating. Of course, and and it's natural. I click on them not only to see my name. I want to see who else you know was accused. Did I know them? Did, is it true? Is it false? There's a real gossipy element to this thing while the world around us is in so much trouble uh what's going on but uh you know you can't you can't allocate attention to that how many clicks will it get to have uh the international court of justice arguments that israel has committed genocide really important issue you wouldn't get six clicks on that. You're right. You're right. And so, yeah. Alan, yeah. let me tell you something I saw last night online, and it, it broke my heart. And I'm wondering if you could give us any update on this. I saw a video of um, parents and family members of the remaining hostages where they took these huge audio speakers and they put them on cranes pointing in the direction of where they think the hostages may be. And there are mothers screaming to their children, you know, I'm here, I'm here, this is your mom, I'm here for you. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not, yeah, we yeah. haven't given up the, I mean, I was almost crying in bed last night as I'm going to sleep. I'm no, like, oh my just God. Imagine if it's, yeah, imagine if it's your child. And one of the great villains of this, and please, please, everybody, never, ever contribute a single penny to the International Red Cross. You can give money to the American Red Cross, but never give money to the International Red Cross. Uh, International Red Cross is doing nothing to help. They are totally in the hands of Hamas. Uh, really? Recently, one of the people from the International Red Cross said to the mother of one of these girls, a 30-year-old who is probably being raped, she said, why are you concerned about your daughter? You ought to be more concerned about the people of Gaza. Look what's happening to them. To a mother. This wow. is the International Red Cross. Stop contributing to the International Red Cross. Stop contributing to Doctors Without Borders. They are in the pocket of Hamas. Really? Hamas does nothing okay, wrong. Okay, Alan, yeah, Alan that is a, listen, yeah. since you and I have been swimming in the waters of defamation, that is a very yeah. bold statement that you just made. Hey, so, I'm happy to defend myself. Okay, doctors so, so please, you know, I mean, Doctors Without Borders, I've never heard of anyone saying that they're in the pocket of Hamas, so just, you need to flesh that out a little bit. Virtually all of their employees in Gaza are associated with or supportive of Hamas. All the people who have given testimony about Doctors Without Borders um, have, have refused to condemn what Hamas did, but have condemned everything that Israel uh, has done. Um, they have carried the water for Hamas, and uh, they, uh, you know, they, they, they are a hard, hard, hard left organization. And uh, hard left organizations are almost all knee-jerk uh, opposed to Israel. Look, 
with the International Red Cross, it goes back to the Second World War, where they collaborated with the Nazis and where they allowed the Nazis to show them uh, uh, fake camps. And then they came out and reported, oh, there's nothing wrong with the way the Jews are being treated. I mean, the International Red Cross has been a disaster uh, since the 1940s, but now it shows its true colors and Doctors Without Borders as well. Just Google Doctors Without Borders in so, Israel let me, and you'll let, see. I want to just dig a little deeper because you mentioned something about you know, the far left, the far left. Alan, yeah. since since I've known you, you've, you've traveled in circles, the ones that I know over the last dozen or 15 years, that are the people, m- many of them lean very, very heavily left. However, yeah. and these are the same people that sh- now shun you because you represented the president of the United States, who happened to be a Republican, on the floor of Congress, which is probably the most prestigious thing a lawyer can ever be asked to do, and yet... These left-leaning people who were used to be friends of yours—they're all Jewish. So how does that? How do they fix all of that in their brain? Well, they don't. It's—it's it's, you know you know the term Trump derangement syndrome. I actually invented it twenty years earlier, not in this context of Trump, but in the context of Israel. I wrote a piece in which I said, "Look, there are people I can have rational discussions with, Noam Chomsky, for example, about any issue, about semantics, about civil liberties." You mention the word Israel, his brain gets scrambled like, like an egg, and you can't talk to him. He has Israel derangement syndrome, and the same way people today have Trump derangement syndrome. If you mention the word Trump and you say, oh, by the way, he didn't do a bad job on, and then you fill in ABC, recognizing Jerusalem, maybe stopping some um, illegal immigration, uh, helping the economy. No, you can't do that. You can't say anything good about Donald Trump. It has to all be bad. And you can't defend his civil liberties or his his human rights. You know, people ask me all the time. In fact, there was an article headed, what happened to Alan Dershowitz? And the answer is, I stuck to my principles. And I didn't let politics determine which way I come out on these issues. So I've had the same principle since I'm 15. What's the name of that book? What's the title of that book, Alan? (laughs) The Price of Principle. Which my uh, father, which my father said, uh, I, I don't want to misquote him, but I, it, was, it was something along the lines of, I don't know if he said if he was had the money, he would make every high school student read it, or every high school student you know, should have to read that book because it is such a fundamental part of who human beings should be, and it's just it's, it's just a, a te- like a textbook. Well, I would add that to that. Learn every from. high school, I would add to that. Every high school student should have an opportunity to meet your father, who was a man of principle and a man of great talent who never compromised his integrity and uh you know has continued to do so, great Alan, he's, a, he's a little hurting today my dad's a little hurting today because yesterday he went out and i don't know i don't i would not have advised but he double dosed he got the flu vaccine and the new covid vaccine so i think it took a little yeah. toll on him today so we gotta wish him uh we gotta wish him well oh yeah no yeah wish you well i had both of them but i had them on different days and uh, I've, I've been fine. But, Alan, uh, I, want, I want to switch you know, gears with you for one second before I let you go. Um, I sure. know you. I know how much you love New York, but you travel yeah. the world. Um, New York yeah. City, you know, it depends on who you talk to. Some people think, okay, we're doing better and we're on the upswing, and other people say, oh, my God, this place is falling apart. You know, you, you between Massachusetts and Florida and Israel, and, and you were in Delaware last week, You've been in and out of New York recently. What are your thoughts about the state of affairs of the city of New York? Well, I think they're getting better. I think they're on the way up. Um, I like the mayor. He's not perfect. Um, Personally, I think you introduced me to the attorney general. I like her personally. I didn't think she did the right thing campaigning on a promise to get Trump. But look, I think New York is always going to be a complex place, and it's never going to be uh, simple or, you know, it's always going to have its complexities. And I think it's doing a good job. I would uh, never, I would never urge people to leave New York. I have to tell you though, they are, uh, when I meet my friends in Florida now, a lot of them have moved their businesses down here. Well, for tax purposes, obviously, but, um, they just think quality of life is better in Palm beach and in Miami than it is in New York. I don't agree with that. Whenever I'm in Miami, I, I count the days till I can get back to New York. And uh, I love oh, New York. And I why why do you York. think, yeah. along those lines, why do you think Ron, Ron DeSantis hasn't gotten the traction that I think people thought a year ago he was going to get? 
I think he couldn't make up his mind what his attitude toward Trump is. Um, he started out by trying to imitate Trump and, and be, um, you know, kind of very tough and arrogant. Um, and, and he's actually a very thoughtful person. I had dinner with him and his wife shortly after they were elected uh, the first time. And I actually liked him. We talked at Harvard. We talked at Yale. I liked his values. But then he seemed to try very hard to out-Trump Trump. And now he's running against Trump. So it's been hard. And look, nobody's going to beat Trump. In the primaries, I think it's obviously a possibility that he could be. He can't be vice president because they're from the same state. Nikki Haley could be vice president, and she'd be a very strong vice presidential candidate. But I think I think he's going to drop out, uh, DeSantis. I think he's not going to do that great in the, some of the early primaries. And then he'll set his sights on, on 2018, where he's going to have a good chance because he's been a good governor. He, the second time he ran, he one overwhelmingly, including getting a majority of Democrats. Yeah, I heard that. so before I let you go, since you used the word Harvard, a yeah. lawsuit was filed by Jewish Harvard yeah. students saying that they're not being yeah. protected. I mean, what a disgrace, number one. Uh, but what does Professor Alan Dershowitz have to say about anti-Semitism and Harvard, where he taught for, for over 50 years? It's a horrible situation there, and it's the result of one program. It's called DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, it's diversity, but it excludes Jews and Catholics and ethnic Catholics, Italian-Americans, Irish-Americans. Uh, diver- uh, equity is the opposite of equality. It means you just judge people based on, not on their individual accomplishments, but on their group identity. And uh, inclusion excludes uh, people like us. We're supposed to be privileged, uh, no matter how for a background, an individual Italian-American, Irish-American, Jewish-American may have come from. He's privileged because he's white and he's heterosexual and um, he doesn't speak Spanish. And so, you know, it's, it's, Harvard has created a monstrosity and it has to, has to completely, completely, uh, you know, take apart this DEI program. It now has hundreds, universities around the country are spending hundreds of millions of dollars, perhaps in excess of a billion dollars, on DEI bureaucracies, um, and they deny free speech. You know, Gay's problem was not that she said, oh, if you're going to say Jews are subject to genocide, that has to be judged in context. That wasn't a problem. A problem is she said that after disciplining students for saying negative things about black people, gay people, she applied a complete double standard uh, to hate speech against Jews and hate speech against other minorities, minorities which are called unprivileged. But at Harvard and places like that, they are the privileged uh, minority. So that was her problem. It was the double standard. And Harvard still is afflicted with that problem. So I don't know where the lawsuit is going, but when you read it, you, you, tears come to your eyes. When you read the accounts of what some of these students have been through, and the faculty has not been standing up strongly for these students. Um, I wish I was still there to be their spokesperson. But um, I think. Are you even allowed there? Are you even allowed there, or would they boo you out of the room? I haven't been. I haven't been invited to Harvard in the ten years since I retired. The one time Chabad invited me, um, they made me speak off campus for fear that I would be in physical harm for advocating the two-state solution, the moderate two-state solution for Israel. But because I defended Israel's right to exist, I my physical safety was in danger at Harvard. Wow. I mean, Alan, I feel I feel personally so naive and so ignorant because about a year ago, I had a conversation with my one of my closest friend, David, who was a Jewish. And he he made some comment about, you know, if you're Jewish, you always have to have a to go bag. You always have to have be able to be ready to to run. And I'm like, what are you out of your mind? And yet and yet a year later. I'm in Times Square, and there's hundreds of people screaming, kill the Jews, F the Jews. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. and now we're talking about Harvard University having this degree of, of hate against people. It's, I just, I, I don't believe it. It's like hard for me to, to, to comprehend 
and it's and it's terrifying. And boy, the, the way you're fighting, Alan, about your your reputation, and it, I, I haven't seen anyone fight ever. And maybe you're going to set the Guinness Book of World Records to fight for your reputation. You're fighting for one person. We got to fight for ev- all these Jewish people, Absolutely. these kids and, who are just not being treated the right me, way. It's it's Jewish today. You know, when I first came to Harvard. The discrimination was largely against ethnic Italian, uh, ethnic Catholics, Irish American and and Italian American for the most part. And I started a campaign in 1964. First got there. Look at this because Harvard clearly discriminated in admission, hiring against uh, American uh, uh, Catholic, Irish, and Italian background. And I've always believed discrimination against anyone is discrimination against everyone. And it's going to a theater near you. So it's, you know, Jews are the theory in the mind. They're often the first, but they're never the last. All right, Professor Dershowitz, it's Friday night. You go have a great yep. evening with your family. I'm and making, I think I'm going to see you a whole bunch speech. of time next I'm, week. I hope so. I'm making a speech right now at Chabad uh, in Miami. And then we're going to Symphony tonight. And uh, it'll fully be a nice weekend. And I'll see you next week. All right, Professor Alan Dershowitz here on the Author right. Idola Power Hour. He is, I mean, I could I could do a week with him on the radio. Forget about an hour on the radio. Uh, he's so good. He's so smart. He's right on. And, um, you know, look, anyone who knows me, who knows this radio station, who knows New York, who knows Alan Dershowitz, knows that he's just not the guy who uh, commits crimes, number one, but commits that the, the type of you know sexual assault and all of this that someone a long time ago now made an accusation and then said, hmm, after I'm going over all of this in my mind, I realize I'm, and, and, and a bunch of evidence before me that as I've been confronted with, I may have made a mistake. So that should all be behind us. And when we think of Alan Dershowitz, we should only think of his greatness, not only as a lawyer, but as a human being, especially as a father and a husband and a friend. Well, I can't think of a better way to end the week than a great 20-minute conversation with Professor Alan Dershowitz. I'm so grateful for him to find the time because he is so in demand. Before we leave you on this Friday night, two quick, really cool things. Number one, tomorrow on our sister station, um, AM 570, um, there will be, it's the, what's it called? The uh, Imran? The Mission, AM 570, The Mission, and it's called The Legal Lowdown with Imran Ansari. And your Melissa DeRosa interview will be the two hours from 12 to 2. So you can listen to that on our sister station. And then Sam Bellino did something very sweet with the cooperation of uh, Jerry Crowley, or I should say the suggestion of Jerry Crowley. And tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, there is going to be a best of uh, the Idola Power Hour, a little compilation of all two years i have not heard it i can't wait to hear it and that is a a sambolino baby um i will be back on monday night martin luther king night and we'll be doing a show live and local from you here on am 970 have a great weekend everybody enjoy yourself it was a very good year the Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.